Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about the fear of rejection. And, you know, rejection is really a very bitter pill to swallow. And for some people, rejection is their deepest fear in their life and can cause people to live in anxiety and panic attacks and all kinds of crazy things. And then most of us have a good dose of rejection in our life, whether we did, didn't get a job that we applied for, or weren't admitted to a college, or didn't make it to a team that we tried out for, didn't, didn't get a second date with somebody we thought was going to be our soulmate. You know, many of us have experienced rejection firsthand, and hearing no, not interested doesn't feel good, regardless of how hard you want to look at the bright side of it. But rejection doesn't build character. It breaks hearts. It brings tears. It raises fears. And that fear can stick and become a hard-to-remove stain on our life and can leave scars for many, many, many years. And, and the fear of rejection or rejection sensitivity, as it's often referred to, it, it can become an obstacle to success and happiness. But here's the deal. If, if you think even from lo looking at every character that's ever written about in the Bible, and I'm a Christian, so I'm going to come to that reference. But, you know, if you think about it, the one quality that every single person had of any significance is that they were resilient. And that is the problem that a lot of people have that have a fear of rejection. They are caught within the reaction to their fear of rejection, to their reaction to rejection, and they don't move to the response. And what's really important is in life, if we're going to be resilient, if we're going to move forward and we're not going to have a lot of damage to our character, to our self-esteem, to our concept of ourselves, to, to, to what we want people to see in us, then we have to understand that rejection comes with life and we have to move to the response, which is healthy. You know, and we're going to talk about what that looks like and how to recover from rejection as we move forward through the show. You know, it, it, it's really important because rejection affects the way we feel about ourselves. It affects our decisions, especially if you're rejected and start making emotional decisions. A lot of damage can happen. As people, especially like during divorce, you never know who you marry till you divorce them because once you've rejected each other, what happens is we we treat each other as the lowest common denominator. Even if there's kids involved, some people don't care. They will make emotional decisions during that pocket and do enormous damage to their wallets and make attorneys rich and do enormous damage to their kids' ability to go to college or do anything else. You know, it's amazing that all fears are evoked when uh, when after we appraise a stimulus and that stimulus, if it's if it's a uh, if it's rejection uh, and then what happens is there's instantly going to be a negative involved in that. And we find it dangerous and potentially harmful. 
uh, to be rejected. And so the fear is the internal alarm system that we are equipped with, which exists to warn us against threats of our survival. So rejection can put us like being fired from a job or being rejected in a relationship or, or you know, uh, being prosecuted or something like that. What, what, what's going to happen is it's going to evoke that fight or flight mechanism. But we have to have enough character to move past that and to understand that rejection is a part of life. We're a society. We don't all fit together. Our personalities are different. Our backgrounds are different. Our environments as children are different. We all have inner child uh, issues where we tend to react to each other as children in certain circumstances based on childhood trauma. So as threats include anything that could literally cause death or serious harm, the fact that we're rejected also affects people that have anxious attachment issues or a lack of attachment issues or abandonment issues. People that have that fear rejection and will live conservatively without taking leaps of faith into life because they're afraid of being rejected. But in a relatively safe and socially complex and intellectually demanding world, the meaning of both survival and threat has changed significantly. For most people in the developed world, it is no longer our biological survival that we are preoccupied with. As a matter of fact, people that have to survive, if you're stuck in the middle of the jungle naked, you're going to have to find your way out, and that means you cannot afford to be depressed and you cannot afford to be anxious. If you live in a third world country, you cannot afford to be depressed or anxious because your whole life depends on loyalty and it depends on your ability to survive. It's a first world problem to live in fear, a first world problem. It is a given when you live in a third world country that you have to find your way through everything and fear does you no good. You know, if, if so what fear of rejection projects from us is, is very simple. There are many answers to that. It, the specifics of which you can only uh, provide based on what's important to you and what your life looks like. And if there's something, however, that's common in all rejection that motivates us to want to keep it out of our realm of experience. You know, commonality may be pain. And we generally are hardwired to avoid pain, but rejection invokes pain. And whether it's physical or emotional, the pain is associated with harm and invasion and potential damage. And pain is a signal that we should avoid and correct and withdraw from a situation because what we do if we give the rejectee the power they could actually dictate many of the decisions we make in our life, many of the directions we make in our life, if we give people who reject us in situations that reject us the power to dictate who we are. And it takes great strength for a person to come back from rejection, but we must learn to do that early and often. You know, if, if, if you're, if you, learn about the beautiful thing about our brains is that they register those painful events so we can avoid them in the future and then prevent harm. We learn what's causing us pain. We take steps to protect ourselves from it. But here's the deal. If we live with the fear of rejection, 
we go against the entire grain of what we're here to do, what our passion and our purpose is, and that is to take leaps of faith, leaps of faith, experiential learning. Who cares if you're rejected? Learn from it. Learn from everything you experience in this life and just keep going. Don't sit there and calculate and catastrophize what's going to happen down the road because if you do that, you have a high likelihood not to enjoy your life and not to experience a good life. And so we have to be very careful with how we operate as people. You know, the, 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 what does not have to do with rejection is there's evidence that rejection is, in fact, this painful experience. And if we cannot make it a painful experience, make it an accepting experience that, that this is part of life, just like death is a part of life. You know, if we equate rejection to death, we're going to fear. We're going to fear rejection. Rejection is important. Uh, you know, we have to understand that it is how we receive rejection that is more important than rejection itself. And that doesn't mean that the cure for, for fear of rejection is taking, you know, like painkillers. It means that emotional pain is a natural response to rejection. And so what we have to understand also is in suicidality, that is the avoidance of the emotional pain of life, that we feel rejected in life. And if that is the case, and then we give the rejection the power to dictate our narrative about ourselves, then what happens is unconsciously or consciously, we stay away from people, places, and events that we have associated with rejection and we can also find ourselves feeling hopeless, and that hopelessness can lead us to suicide. And people that are absolutely isolated have a very high propensity to have some suicidal ideation because their life does not have a lot of meaning, because we get our meaning through experiences with each other. That is what life is about, is experiences and memories. And when we die, our legacy is the memories that we make. And people that live in fear of rejection completely go against the grain of life because they don't create enough legacy to leave themselves behind and to teach others. What's also important to understand is people with depression uh, fear rejection. And so what the deal is, people with, that are depressed have expectations. And those expectations have an emotional connection. And every time, especially perfectionistic people, are usually depressed because they have this high expectation for themselves or other people. They will procrastinate and catastrophize that they can't get perfection, so they may as well not do anything. And then they basically look at themselves as rejection, 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 rejection. Every time their expectations are not met, there is rejection and failure. And so what happens is they have a tendency to view others and themselves in a very judgy way that they feel like they are a failure. And if we're going to have a failure narrative about ourselves, we are going to reject ourselves in life from other people and become spiraling down into hopelessness. And so the way out of depression, and I've said this on other shows, is I prefer, I prefer that this didn't happen. I prefer that this happened. I prefer that that happened. I prefer you didn't say that to me. I'd prefer I got the job. I prefer that, you know, that I went to this certain college or I went to on vacation and that this would have happened instead of what happened. You know, the bottom line is we have to be resilient. Prefer has no deep emotional attachment to it, and you can communicate a preference all day long, 
and never offend anybody. You are also telling people how to love you when you talk about preferences. So, you know, what's clear is if we want to handle rejection, we have to identify fearful stimulus. That has become aware of the situations and the circumstances that we are actively avoiding because we worry, which goes against the grain of life, that you will lead to rejection if you follow that path. And so what ideas we are not sharing because we worry that others won't embrace them, you know, what requests are, are we not making because we worry they'll be denied? What steps are, are we not taking towards a goal because we worry that we'll be exposed and vulnerable as a, an imposter? You know, what no's are we afraid to hear? List them and figure it out and say then on the on the other side of the page go i have faith that and answer every single fear that you have of rejection also you want to turn avoidance into action you know if if you think about it and you call yourself a procrastinator you're depressed that is a symptom of depression that means you're waiting for an emotion to take action well sometimes you got to take action and then uh, find an emotion that will motivate you why don't you take action and then see how you feel? That's how life is learned. That's how life is lived. Action, action, do, experience, learn from experience. That's a very powerful thing that we must do in this life. You know, avoiding is safe and less painful, but it also means you're not alive. Avoiding means you're coping and not living. And if you wanna be a person who actually lives, you have to live in faith and you have to take chances, and you have to make decisions, and God help you, you might actually succeed at some things that you said ahead of yourself that you wanted to, or even get more than what you expected. You know, reframe rejection as an opportunity to improve your approaches and your tactics. That means we're going to learn from it. There's a lot of reasons why we did not get a yes at that moment. You know, the timing may not have been right, or maybe you weren't a good fit for a, a particular position, or maybe they couldn't afford you. You know, we may not have been through enough in our preparation, or we may not have presented the best sample of our work. You know, the people who reject us may have their own needs and their own biases and their own limitations, and that's just life. You know, maybe they prefer a certain type of person. Maybe they're prejudiced. God knows. But we are not going to have all the details. And those of us who want the whys at all time often don't get the whys because the emotional decision was made rather than a logical decision. And so those of us who are analytical and want to analyze every emotion, you're never going to get a satisfying answer. So the list of situational factors that create the fear of rejection is absolutely endless and it is easy to personalize rejection and think of rejection of who we are and what we're capable of as opposed to what we did and how we did it we can do it better the next time. We also have to look at the fact that maybe we aren't a good fit in certain situations and maybe we're a better fit in other situations or maybe they just didn't realize that you were going to be the perfect fit because you didn't reveal to them what they absolutely needed from you. 
You know, and all rejection, it doesn't feel good. But letting the fear of rejection dictate what we accomplish in our lives can limit us and make us feel even worse in the future. And we may never experience the things that we need to experience in this life. We are souls living a human life. That means we have passion and we have purpose. There's a lot of people that walk around like zombies because they are coping with life because of the fear of rejection. And therefore, they don't make decisions for themselves. And so we're going to learn how to deconstruct this stuff. And, you know, the fear of rejection is one of our deepest human fears, biologically wired with a longing to belong. We fear being seen in a critical way. We're anxious about the prospect of being cut off, demeaned, and isolated. And we fear being alone. And we dread change. That is our nature. We have to go against those natures because they're all emotions. Emotions are meant to motivate you. They are not meant to dictate your decisions. You, when you do something hard, you have to have an emotional reason to do something hard. If you're going to decide to get married, married is all emotional, all emotional. That means the relationship is an emotional relationship. That is the basis of why you're together. There's no other reason why you're together but the emotional connection you have with your partner. And if you starve that, you're probably going to be divorced. And then if you breed and starve that, then you're going to destroy your children's lives too. You know, so the bottom line is we have to understand that our spiritual emotional connection in life is where meaning in life is. It is not in doing things. It is meaning has to do with spiritual connections with others. And the more that we isolate, the more that we don't take experiential choices and try to learn from experiences, the more we just stand still to protect our life from doing those very important things that we have to challenge ourselves to do, then you are going to be stale and cope. And that means you're not going to have meaning. And that means your life is just there. And a lot of people, as they get older, will just sit around watching television. That, sadly, is not living. And so we are living vicariously through other people by watching movies and doing all that stuff. But the bottom line is there's no rejection in having to witness life what we want to do is live our lives, and that means we have to have passion and purpose, and we have to want to be sought for something that other people need in life, whether that means you're a great chef, a pastor, a professional, a manager, whatever, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever that thing is out there that you want people to seek you for, let's hope you have passion and purpose to help others with that. You know, on a cognitive level, we may be afraid that rejection confirms our worst fear, and cognitive means your thought process. And so perhaps, you know, we think we're unlovable. Perhaps we perceive ourselves as ugly. Whatever that may be, that that narrative about yourself can dictate your entire future. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to deconstruct the fear of rejection. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show. 
but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC CEO Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the fear of rejection. You know, when you fear rejection, it it just keeps spinning and spinning and ruminating in your mind. And we we become agitated and anxious and depressed. And so if you want to cook that up in your brain, that's a real good way to do it is to make the fear of rejection so important. You know, thought-based therapies can help us identify our catastrophic thoughts question them and replace them with healthy, realistic thinking. For example, if a relationship fails, this doesn't mean that we are a failure. It just may have run out of gas. And sometimes that's a healthy thing to recognize. You know, from an experiential or an existential viewpoint, you know, working with our fear of rejection or our actual rejection involves opening to our felt experience. That means that I'm going to just live in this moment. I am going to, instead of being defensive and catastrophizing, if I'm being fired from a job, I'm not going to get defensive. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to find meaning in it. If I'm going to be stuck in a prison cell, I'm going to find meaning there. Life can find meaning anywhere that we are if we accept where we are and what's going on. And rejection does not have to be anything more than the next heartbeat. You know, it's it's really important that we move on and that we heal more readily and we become more resilient every single day to the fear of rejection. It will destroy your life. The fear of rejection, our aversion to unpleasant experiences basically prompts us and prompts behaviors that don't serve us. So we, we withdraw from life. We withdraw from people. We, we stop t- taking risks. We talk, stop taking an exercise of our faith and making a decision to go buy that new car, go buy a house, go take that job, go apply to something that you maybe don't qualify for. Go take a chance and have a conversation with somebody you don't know. Go ask that person out that you've been wanting to ask out. Go ask 
you know, start a podcast like I've got, or go go ask interview somebody that you've always dreamed of talking to. You know, this is life is a big open book for us to truly make a great story from. But the problem is no great story comes from people that just stand around and fear rejection from life. You know, being human, we long to be accepted and wanted. Yes, we do, because we live together as people. We survive better as people because we are weak, you know, but here it is. It hurts to be rejected and experience loss of others. And if our worst fear materializes, if our catastrophizing fantasy becomes reality and we're rejected, our organism has a way of healing if we can trust our natural healing process. It's called grieving. And life has a way of humbling us and reminding us that we're part of a human condition and that we all will die. We all are fragile. And yes, we can become rugged individuals and that means that we don't live for external uh, validation, that we have our own internal validation, that we know we're operating on the path and the purpose of our life as we've set it. And we stay true to our integrity. And if we do that, it doesn't matter if you're rejected because you stand for something. And that, if you're going to stand for anything, if you're going to make decisions in life, that's called character. And that's teaching the world how to love you. But that doesn't assume that everybody's going to like where you stand. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to make this sound easy, but, you know, the way we heal uh, on our own without support is very unhealthy withdrawing you know it, it, you need to be in a room with people you need to be talking to people you need to actually put yourself out there and so personal growth is often uh, used loosely but perhaps one of the meanings that cultivates inner resilience is by acknowledging and even welcoming whatever we're experiences bad good indifferent you know, it, it takes courage and creativity to bring a gentle awareness to what we may like to push away. But however, rejection may help us become stronger as we become more confident and, and we can be with whatever experience arises as a result of connecting with people. We can initiate, deepen and enjoy relationships in a more relaxed and fulfilling way. So as we become less afraid of what we're experiencing inside, that is, less afraid of ourselves, we become less intimidated by rejection and more empowered to love and be loved. You know, I always talk about the 1840-60 rule of life, and what that means is from 18 to 40, we're going, hey, look at me, a great adult. Look, I, I, I have a nut job, I have a house, I got a marriage, I got kids, I got holidays, come over, have, experience Christmas, whatever. You know, I, look at me, what a great adult I am. And then at 40, you start to realize nobody really cares. You know, it's only you that really cares. And you're just wanting everybody to, to validate you and give you attention for not being a child anymore. And then as we get to 60, nobody ever thinks of us whatsoever. As a matter of fact, we're old and stinky and they don't want to have anything to do with us because we have health issues. And they don't want to be the one that drag us to the doctor every week. So the bottom line is that we have to understand that we are not nearly as important as we think we are. And therefore, the fear of rejection is a worthless path to go down. You know, attention from others is a basic and essential human need. But attention in the form of recognition, understanding, acceptance are essential 
for us to thrive both psychologically and physically. But what that means is you've got to stand out. You've got to do hard in your life. And if you're going to do hard instead of mediocre, if you're going to do hard, that makes your life easier. And that gives you passion and purpose. And that intensifies the ability to reject rejection and to reject the feelings that rejection comes with because we know that we're good at what we do because we know we've helped a lot of people along the way and they have thanked us for that. You know, and often the desire for acceptance is matched by a fear of not receiving understanding and acceptance. So justifying the creation of a strategy of hiding hiding our true selves and, and creating a, a driving force, which is called your will, that keeps us from being authentic. You know, and, and, and it's important to grab on to your will. Your will is your essence. It is your soul. And people that often live in the fear of rejection have also lost their soul. They have lost their passion, their purpose. They are afraid of life. And so the fear of rejection can affect a person's choice in a whole lot of ways. Intimate, interpersonal, and marital relationships. Just the idea of intimacy itself. You know, uh, the fear of rejection, meaning that I can't perform sexually, so I've got ED or whatever, whatever your thing is, you know, the level of education gets affected by that because it directly affects your self-esteem having the fear of rejection. The type of career choices you make, maybe you go for mediocre because you don't believe you could do the hard thing, you know, the level of achievement and ambition. So if you never do hard, you're probably not going to do hard ever and that means you're going to be a mediocre person, and maybe that's okay. So if you're going to be mediocre, at least step out of your box, take some chances, take some leaps of faith, and have some meaningful relationships in your life. That's the least we could do. Also, the choice of leisure activities is limited with the fear of rejection. Our behavior at work is limited because of we're afraid of how we're perceived by others. Family relationships look at Christmas and Thanksgiving. We we all like it, but then we all uh, hate it when we experience it. You know, our community role in life, you know, some degree of refusal may be experienced as rejection and actual rejection from others is inevitable. So nevertheless, rejection comes problematic when it is prolonged and frequent. You know, we are living in a society that is very tribal. And tribal society means that we're always building a case for all against all the other tribes. And that means that we're only going to listen to narratives that criticize uh, the people in life and that we believe are in another tribe. And so now we're all at war with each other, whether it is in our emotional world, in our physical world, or whatever. We are all become very, very careful what we say to each other simply because we worry about our audience at all times and, and whether somebody's going to nut up on us or, or not. But, you know, the bottom line is we're going to have to grow up and get over it. We're going to have to understand that there is good and there is intelligence in every single person. Your goal should be to find that. Everybody is more right than they are wrong. And so when you start to criticize other people, that's easy to do. It's easy to judge other people. It's easy to black and white everything in life. But the bottom line is, if you want to live in a good life, look for the good in others. 
Because there is good in others. There's good in all kinds of people. There's good in all kinds of cultures. And if you reach for that, you are Teflon. You can go out into life and any kind of experience, and you're still trying to find good, and that brings out the good in others. And so that is a very important way to live your life. If you want to live a life experiencing rejection, you feel that you earn rejection as a result of some fault in your personality or deficiency in your physical attributes because you could not be everything that other people expect of you. But expectations are depressing. Preference. I prefer I wasn't fat, but I am. You know, I prefer that, that I, 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 well, I'm not super fat, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, uh, you know, the older we get, the worse. You know, but it's more important that the origin of rejection of fear is the experience of being rejected in childhood by parents, parenting figures like grandparents, siblings, teachers. This rejection may be the form of outright hostility and neglect due to the lack of interest or lack of parenting ability because quite frankly, about half if not more of our population are breeding stock rather than real parents. You know, sadly, there's a lot of people out there that breed and then don't take accountability for what they bred. And so sadly, these children go out into life without the parenting. They fear the rejection because they were rejected as a child. And if my parents reject me, then why won't the world reject me? You know, so, you know, think about it. If you're going to breed, take accountability and do the job. That would be nice because a lot of damage happens to a lot of people because breeding stock. You know, additional causes of rejection, uh, fear may include specific early traumatic experience of loss, such as a loss of a parent or rejection or being abandoned when you were young, going into the adoption field, you know, going into being adopted or foster care or God forbid a group home. You know, that kind of stuff, that kind of life can really teach you a lot about rejection and to the point that you just become either angry and psychotic or numb and apathetic. And so sadly, a lot of people view their value from their childhood. And so, you know, meeting new people, job interviews, important business dealings, getting married, having a baby, all of these first dates, these are experiences that we all need to throw ourselves into and just allow it to be. But if you're gonna be there, be there. Be present. Don't just be a spectator. Step into your life. You know, people pleasing, you may find it impossible to say no, even, even when this makes your life difficult. But a lot of people fear rejection, and so they, they have this common trait of having to please everybody. You may be spending a lot of time doing things you don't really want to do. And you may have an excessive workload or a burden that you, you can lead to burnout. And so sadly, we blame the world for doing this, but we are the ones who never set the boundaries. And here's how to set a boundary. This is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. So what that means is we don't have to fear saying the word no. We can just say what we can do and what we can't do. And if you do that, people will accept you. You know, unassertiveness, and, and assertive is not aggressive, but a lot of people perceive being assertive as being aggressive. Well, aggressive means you're using your emotions to intimidate other people. Assertiveness means you're actually stepping in and trying to make a situation healthier. It's like when people are fighting in marriage. You know, what's really important to remember while you're cussing at each other and telling each other things that you'll remember the rest of your life 
that you are simply doing that because you're trying to get each other's attention. And the, the purpose of this whole conflict in the marriage was to make the marriage better. But you're standing there defending your ego rather than stepping in and trying to be productive. And so people will start to parent each other as if they're both little children. And then they develop lots of crosstalk. And then they end up rejecting each other and never solving the problem. You know, passive aggressive behaviors comes out of people who have fear of rejection because what they, they're not comfortable with their real selves. They're not comfortable with setting boundaries. They're always saying, I have to pick my battles. And so what they do is they fear conflict. And what they basically do is they stuff it. And so some little thing happens and another little thing happens that's related to the same thing. And, and it just builds on itself and builds on itself. And finally, somebody says something that hits the teapot to, to the boiling point. And then all of a sudden they act like a monster and scare the crap out of everybody around them. And everybody looks at them as, I thought you were really cooperative, but you're actually crazy. And you know that because you've been passive aggressive. You've blown up and look like a nut. And now nobody listens to you. And so the problem is, is these unassertive people, uh, these passive aggressive behaviors mean that you're afraid of expressing your emotions because you're afraid of being rejected. And so that's exactly what's going to happen if you're passive aggressive. Why don't you just talk to your emotion? You know, I'm really upset because this happened. You know, this happened the other day and you said this and this is how I took it in. And, you know, I would like to talk about this. So basically that's called an adult. And an adult, adult is not afraid of conflict because it's not full of tone. It's not full of barbosity. It's not full of bad words. It is just talking to the problem and speaking to your emotions. That is an adult. That's conflict. Don't be afraid of that. It's not rejection. We're not rejecting each other. We're trying to improve a situation. That's all. You know, being inauthentic also, uh, you know, is a part of people who fear rejection because of their, 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 they're actually afraid of their real selves in the world. And so they adapt this as if I'm this kind of person persona. And they assume a way of behaving or being around others that is inauthentic. But if they are uh, highly stimulated, they have a tendency to go back to who they really are. And so you may see the nice person at work, they're great, and then they go home and they're an absolute monster. So, you know, people that are inauthentic have dual lives and they have things, they have needs like pornography and other, other little secrets that they have in their life because they're not fully authentic with the rest of the world. And that's what people who fear rejection uh, live like, and that's how they make decisions. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to break this whole thing down, understand it a little better, and come up with some really good solutions to having a fear of rejection. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951 951- 
818-785-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about the fear of rejection. And, you know, distancing and uh, is one of the ways we protect ourselves against the fear of rejection. That, that means that we're keeping an emotional distance from other people. And the, and the distant person maintains a mask, and that's the person who's fearing rejection, of being aloof and invulnerable, which uh, uh, prevents others from making intimate contact with them. And so they avoid being rejected at the price of avoiding intimacy. And the lie that they live is by, I don't need or want anybody. And so they essentially feel unloveworthy and respond to the belief with only a lonely self-sufficiency. And they make a virtue out of being stoically independent or dependent on only themselves. And they believe they should not reach out because there is only one really there, one person maybe in their life that is really there. And to confirm the belief, they reject and minimize the interest and concern and affection that's ever shown to them. You can tell a person by this because they have a hard time taking a compliment. Oh, no, I'm not that. No, 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 I didn't know. No, you don't have to tell me that. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. Well, guess what that does? It makes everybody have to work harder to give you a freaking compliment. Can't you just say thank you? Wouldn't that be nice if people would just say, thank you? That would be great when we take our time to actually recognize the good in them. You know, there's a lot of people out there that look for the goodness in other people. There's a lot of people that are grateful for other people in their life. Accept that if you've brought something to somebody, accept the fact that even if you don't believe their compliment, who cares? Just say thank you. You know, the problem with the strategies against possible rejection is they, they tend to be self-fulfilling as they make a long uh, for acceptance and closeness impossible because they're afraid of that rejection. And so we have to understand that we have to be able to become resilient. And to do that, we have to understand what we do, you know, but regardless of the cause, it creates real problems in our lives. The fear of rejection can lead to codependency meaning you're probably going to be very attractive to a narcissist or a borderline, God forbid, or clingy, obsessive, jealous, angry behavior in relationships. You know, it can make you drive others away from you, and it could cause you to reject others to avoid being rejected yourself. You know, overall, a fear of rejection can result in very damaging patterns of emotion and behavior that can cause real hurt 
and relationships and your actual enjoyment of living. You know, I know it hurts. There's no way around it. Most people want to belong and connect, uh, you know, but we have to understand that uh, we are going to experience these little matters in life that, that happen. And here's another thing that happened. You know, a, a lot of people will ghost. You know, it's never a good approach, but what they'll do is some people lack good communication skills or thinking, and they say, you're nice and cute, but I didn't, you know, I didn't quite feel it with you or whatever. So they won't be honest, so they just disappear. They just disappear. And so that's another trait that people have that are a part of the fear of rejection. They will ghost you. Even if the date was a good date, they will still ghost because they don't think it's gonna work out down the road because that's their narrative they've told about themselves. You know, if you think about it, you're gonna develop this story about yourself, this narrative about yourself or others. Everybody's gonna reject me. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna collect evidence to prove yourself right because your ego is standing there and it has to form the habit of collecting evidence that you are correct you are a failure. You will be rejected. You will be lonely. And we build that and build that and build that to form that narrative, attach ourselves to the narrative, and then that dictates the rest of your life. If you're going to collect evidence to prove yourself correct, you will find the evidence to prove yourself correct, and that will be the little box you live in for the rest of your life. You know, reframing your fear is a chance for growth, and it can make it easier to try for what you want and lessen the pain if you fail. Trying to tell yourself this may or not work, may or may not work out, but if it doesn't, I'll have a meaningful experience and know more than I did. You know what's interesting? When you deal with people that are married or in a relationship, you know, why don't you learn how to be married before you divorce? Because what do you think you're going to do the next time you're in a relationship? The same crap you did in the first one. You know, people think they're going to learn marriage from their parents because my parents were great and they did the blah, 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 or my parents were divorced, so I'm a trainer. Well, think about it. you got to learn how to be married in this day and age, and that can come from premarital counseling or postmarital counseling. You know, why don't we do it right? Why don't we humble ourselves and step into it and do the will? I will be married rather than I'll try to be married. I will be in a relationship rather than try. A will is the most important word to live on. I will, I will, I will. I'll take a chance. It may or may not work, but I'm gonna take that chance. Okay, that's the will. If you live in a try, there's always going to be a limit to what you're willing to give. And you cannot have relationships that are substantial in your life if you live in tries. Try, 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 try. If we try, we always have a back door and we become quitters and we never fully experience what we throw ourselves into. You know, the, we have to keep things in perspective. You know, you, you want to practice and remember that, that what you have to offer other people, some people may not have the insight, the intelligence, the, the understanding, the emotional uh, IQ, or uh, the emotional quotient to really understand uh, what you have to offer. And sometimes we're not good communicators. So that is going to contribute to uh, rejection. And, and, and if we're more sensitive to rejection, we spend a lot of time worrying about it and we might imagine a lot of worst-case scenarios. Uh, you know, say you didn't get to graduate in, in a program of choice, or you might start worrying that all the programs you applied for will reject you, and you have to try again next year. But then you begin to worry that you'll be rejected next year, so you just don't try at all. You don't even step in. 
That's a, that's what the damage a try does. A will means I am going to find a school. I'm going to find a program. I'm going to make up my mind. I'm just going to start. And, and if I start and, and start with a business degree or whatever, and then I end up finding myself doing engineering or marketing or whatever, that I'm just going to start. That's the hardest decision to make is to start. When you start, you have a place to work from. If you're just going to sit there until you make your mind up, then you have nowhere to go. The, it's the journey that we learn from when we're getting an education. It hones us into the places where we need to find our brain and need to find our soul, our passion, and our purpose. So we've got to throw ourselves in. You know, exploring what's really behind your fear of rejection can help you address that worry. Maybe you're afraid of a, a romantic rejection because you don't want to feel lonely. Or maybe you have a bad image of your own body. But, you know, the, the fact is, if you're married, your body is your partner's problem and their body is your problem. <laughs> so if they've decided to be with you, that's their problem. It's not your problem. Yes, you can try to keep it healthy. Yes, you can try to keep it in shape. You may or may not, but the bottom line is they still have to make it sexy. So, you know, you you, you want to face your fears. You, you don't put yourself out there. You won't experience rejection. So that's nice, but that's really boring. You probably won't achieve your goals either. For going what you, you want gives you a chance to experience success. You, you know, if we're going to be a traveler in life, and I've brought this up before, a traveler is a person that will experience a culture, a place, wherever they go, and they will dive into that culture and learn from it. A vacationer will go see the Eiffel Tower and say, there it is, woohoo, you know, and so our life is better lived as travelers than it is for somebody who is a vacationer just to see the sights, you know, that's nice to be able to do that. It's nice to put down on your, on your resume of life. It's nice to have the pictures, but you have to bottom line is, do you have the experience? The experience is where the memories are made. You know, we need to create a fear hierarchy and list steps associated with your fear of rejection, working through them one at a time. And, and this is part of what's called exposure therapy. So you can try this yourself, but a therapist could actually help you. So someone afraid of a romantic rejection might start creating a dating profile without any intention to use it immediately. And then they might progress to chatting without intention of meeting someone. If you do this, just be sure to let people know that you aren't looking to meet yet. You know, the other thing about dating, because there's a big fear of rejection around dating, especially when you're old and ugly, is the bottom line is you've got to understand that why don't I just go get coffee with this person? Why don't we just sit down and talk, see if we get to know each other, and not make any plans after? So don't worry about it. You're just there to meet somebody, and, and your main goal is without an agenda. Is it, It's not, I have to have somebody in my life, no matter who it is. No, it is have a cup of coffee and make a friend. That's your goal. Then we don't have the fear of rejection, and we can actually have the opportunity to meet somebody that we consider to be somebody we can be attached to and close to. And if anything, we've made a friend. You know, uh, it's easy to fall into a pattern of self-criticism after experiencing rejection. You might say things like, I knew I'd mess that up. You know, I didn't prepare enough. I talked too much. I'm so boring. But this just reinforces your belief that the rejection was your fault when it may have had nothing to do with you whatsoever. Maybe you weren't their body type. 
maybe they're just not a deep person. Maybe they're not a good talker. Maybe they're somebody that that uh, uh, doesn't have good energy. Whatever. You know, you have to accept the fact that we're all different and we don't all match up. We didn't make everybody our best friend when we were in elementary school. We made certain people our best friends. And that's how it works in life. Not everybody matches up perfectly. You know, you also want to lean on your support network. Spending time with people who care about you can reinforce your knowledge that you are, in fact, wanted. And so a good support network offers encouragement when you try to achieve your goals. It comforts you if your efforts don't succeed. And knowing your loved ones have your back no matter what happens can make the possibility of uh, rejection less scary. And that's important. Trusted friends can help you practice exposing yourself to rejection scenarios you're afraid of. And also, talking to a professional, you know, a therapist. Uh, rejection fears have long-lasting effects. And so if you're going to let that lead your life, you're going to have lots of panic attacks, lots of anxiety. It keeps you from things you want to do, and it limits everything in your life. It's time for therapy if you're going to live in that. Rejection can sting and make you doubt yourself. And so what's important is, you know, fearing it may limit you, preventing you from experiencing much of what life has to offer. Choose to look at rejection as an opportunity for growth instead of something you can change. And it can help you feel less afraid of the possibilities. That's where life is. Life is about possibilities. Go out there. Is it possible for me to do this? Is it possible for me to do that? Well, go find out. Go do it. Possibilities. That's where life is. Not in pondering. Not in the. Not in hyperbole of of, of hypothesis. It's not that. It is really important to understand that we have got to have the courage to live in the possibilities that life offers us. You know, we also have to analyze why in the world are we doing that? You know, it's the fear of rejection is critical. You know, when we're children, we need adults to look after us as until we mature. And then if an adult rejects a child, the child is left alone and the child will not survive. Therefore, a child's brain is primarily focused on attachment and being accepted as a matter of life and death. And if we are going to create that narrative in a child's life because we reject them, we do not make them feel safe, we don't not make them feel accepted, we are creating a person who's going to live life dictated by the fear of rejection, which means all of their opportunities are going to be limited based on your perception of them unless they break away and actually have an epiphany, a, a cathartic moment in their life where they realize that your narrative about them is not nearly as important as their narrative about themselves. You know, the pain of rejection is very real, and, and the biggest solution is, is to understand that your experience is yours and your life is yours and your decisions are yours and be proud of it. Do not live apologetically. That's our show. Thank you for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, to be masturbating and your hand getting tired is the ultimate rejection. Also, the reason they call the term crush is because you never feel the same when you return. <laughs> if you first don't succeed, try and try again. If that doesn't work, quit unless you want to be a fool. That's W.C. Fields. Also, there's another quote by W.C. Fields. If there is a will, prosperity can't be far behind.
Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 